Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. Welcome everyone, Joe here, and tonight on American Grooves Radio Hour is our Melting Pot episode. We will be playing the music of immigrants as recorded in New York in the 1920s and early 30s, maybe even a few earlier than that. We'll be playing recordings of Yiddish orchestras, Yiddish theater performers, Italian crooners, Mexican chanteuse, you name it. We will be covering some of the bases of the multi-ethnic recordings that were made 
by the very pioneering A&R men of the major record companies in the 20s and 30s. That was Abe Schwartz and his Yiddish Orchestra, a klezmer band, recorded in New York in 1927. And I would tell you what the title of that song is, but the record label is in Yiddish. And I don't have anyone here at the station that could help me with that. So all we could say is it was a spirited, spirited dance tune with the wonderful clarinet played by Mr. Dave Taras, who's a well-known, was a well-known klezmer clarinet player in his day. It's hard to imagine now, but there was a really vibrant theater scene on the Lower East Side of Manhattan where the Yiddish theater really had its home in the 1920s. And many amazing artists such as Molly Pecan and Dave Schwartz's band, Kane, Lily Cashman, so many different Yiddish theater performers came out of that scene. And speaking of which, here is uh, who I like to think of as the Yiddish Eddie Cantor, Mr. Aaron Lebedev, doing a crazy song. Uh, you'll, you'll always hear in these recordings sort of half Yiddish and half American, often slang terms. But this song is called I Like She. <laughs> Ich 
Ich bin 
The irresistible Molly Pecan in a show that was actually staged around her ample talent. She was only five feet tall and she was born in 1898 in America. Her mother, I believe, was a seamstress, uh, but Molly began in the Yiddish theater on the Lower East Side of Manhattan around 1912 and worked until the 1970s and 80s. She was on Gomer Pyle. She was in Car 54. And the first time I ever was conscious of Molly Pekin was uh, towards the end of the great Jules Dastrin film, The Naked City. She plays owner of a newsstand right at that pivotal moment in that great film. By 1931, she was so popular that a lot of the shows that were being written for her had her name in the title. One was called Molly Dolly. Uh, This one was Jenky, and you just love the words. Uh, You'll know what I mean. And then there's that great line, but there's a sucker born every minute of the day. You know, I wish I could go back and see that show in that little theater on 2nd Avenue. And here is one of the Klesmer bands that frequently played in those little musical shows, Kendall's Yiddish Orchestra. This is a late recording for them around 1938. <laughs> Thank you. 
Wow, just so full of life and joy. You can see people dancing to that amazing band. You know, uh, the record industry really was changing in the 1920s. It really began around 1921-22 when some record executives and A&R men realized that there was money to be made in recording ethnic music. And it started with blues recordings, then went to country, and then they started mining the music of the immigrants that were coming to America in droves. That Statue of Liberty was seen by hundreds of thousands of Europeans as I entered America. And they brought with them their customs and their music. And the record executives knew that some of these immigrants would want to hear some of that music. And of course, they came to America, not only people that were going to be working in factories and starting their own businesses or whatever, but people that were performers and entertainers that came to New York for opportunities. And many of those opportunities were in their own neighborhoods. Now, I remember as a kid, I grew up uh, in the Borough Park section of Brooklyn, which now is considered largely uh, a Jewish neighborhood. At the time, it was Italian, Irish, Jewish. So we had many different cultures around there. And I used to go around with my grandfather, and he used to take me to these little storefront theaters, one in particular, where a lot of his old Italian friends were putting on these shows men were dressed as women. They were all these old guys. They looked like they were ancient to me. They were probably in their 40s or 50s. And they put on these little locally written shows. My grandfather was a singer. Uh, and I never remember him actually performing in any of these little uh, stage productions. But he certainly did frequent them. And when he was tasked with bringing me around, that was one of the places we would go. And here is the type of music you would hear in one of those little Italian theaters on 18th Avenue. Yeah, I got chest, but I don't want to put the other chest, but I had it. 
pure a me il tuo mare, mamma mia, re, mare, mare. Picchiami a scudettiare, mamma mia, mamma che tu. Ti dirò un mio pisciaiolo, il tuo vai, il tuo bene, sempre ti scintemano bene. Picchi picchia fantasia di pisciolo e a picchiotta mia. Cantare mi chiusa mia, c'è tutto mio squaguaracchiato. C'è la luna nel tuo mare, mamma mia, nel mare mare. Picchia mia, scudettiare, mamma mia, pensaggio.
Quartapillo's Mandolin Orchestra, recorded in New York City in 1928. A good example of a string orchestra, a mandolin orchestra, all types of different mandolins, bass mandolin, tenor mandolins. I'm not sure what varieties they make, but seeing photographs of them, you see all kinds of different stringed instruments, like a club. People would get together every week and play in their mandolin orchestra, play at local festivals and carnivals. Victor Records recorded this little group, along with many, many other Italian performers, centralized in the New York area, lower Manhattan for the most part. You know, and besides these strictly local, non-professional groups that were recorded. There were also um, certain performers like Molly Pecan, who, of course, performed with the Yiddish Theater. There were other ethnic performers that made a living on the vaudeville stage and in the very vibrant local theater scene in their neighborhood. Farfalello, real name was Eduardo Migliaccio, was a performer who even made early sound films. He was a comedian, and not only would he sing traditional Italian songs, he was a comedian, he would, he would cross-dress, he would do all kinds of funny, funny stuff. He would play uh, uh, parts in skits, Italian skits, comedy skits, but he also um, would take an American Tin Pan Alley pop song and sing it in Italian. And, and here's an example of that, a song called Where Do You Work a John from 1926. He recorded it. And now, funny thing about that, it was actually a Tin Pen Alley song written as a, quote, Italian character song. It's, it's sung from the point of view of an Italian man talking to another one. Where do you work a John? I work at the Iria Lacawan. What do you do a John? I push, I push, I push. This was sort of a typical uh, character song of the day. But here we have Farfiello singing it in Italian, Tin Pan Alley, Where Do You Work a John? Town. In 
Anda cá pisca pascá, me puxa, me puxa, me puxa. Maduca puxa pascá, me puxa, me puxa da cara. A chubadinha de pascá, porta mamê por opatão, 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 pascá com banha mopatão. Thank you. 
truly remarkable fiddle playing of Packy Dolan, Packy Dolan and his boys. Yes, Irish recordings. Many people from Ireland came to America as far back as the 1820s, 30s. Many stayed in New York. Many went to Boston. Packy Dolan, I believe, lived in the Boston area. He was born in Ireland, 1904, and he was a plumber by profession. He had learned to play the fiddle while he was still in Ireland as a very, very young man. And in 1928, he, he got a job as a chauffeur, was making a little bit of money, and he started his band, Packy Dolan and the Boys. And at the time, many, many Irish bands and musicians were being recorded and the records sold to the Irish community, largely on the East Coast of America, United States. Tragically, um, Dolan died in 1932. He was on a ferry boat uh, being sent to Rikers Island to do some work on Rikers Island. He was back to being a plumber because during the Great Depression, you know, whoever was hiring him as a chauffeur after the Wall Street crash, well, Packy didn't have a job anymore. The record company stopped recording ethnic music largely, so he went back to plumbing, and he was tragically killed when a boiler exploded on this ferry boat, killing 65 of the 125 workers that were shuttling off to Rikers Island, and that was the end of one of the most amazing fiddlers of his day. To me, that recording, it's, it's, got, the, it's got the life and spirit, some of the best Irish recordings made during that period. It also has the drive of almost like a punk rock band. If you can imagine a traditional Irish punk rock band from 1928, it's really kind of aggressive. Uh, wonderful stuff. That tune was called Fitzmaurice's Flight, Packy Dolan and His Boys. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour. I am your host, Joe Lauro, and tonight's episode we're calling The Melting Pot, and we're playing the music of some of the immigrant groups that arrived in America in the 1920s, some before. They all had their own customs and music, and many of those ethnic sounds were recorded by Victor Records, Columbia Records, Brunswick Records. And in the case of some of the Italian groups and Irish groups, some of them had their own small record labels. Here is a wonderful, we're going back to another Italian recording, sorry. But this one is great. It's an Italian bagpipe recorded on a tiny New York-based label that only made recordings of Italian comedy sketches, and instrumentals. The label was called, of all things, Italian-style record out of New York. And this is the very obscure Campagna and Ciardello. It's an uh, Italian pipe's ancient instrument and vocal recording on this tiny, tiny label. Thank you. 
didn't know come here this song of lizzie and joe on the pitch pine floor well lizzie signed your destiny in la trinity on the pitch pine floor well lizzie signed your destiny in la trinity it was a positive fact joe was flying his union jack but this is what lizzie turned and say i will turn your flag at the break of day Joe knew to himself that he could not win, but he tried his best from the beginning on the pitch pine floor. Well, Lizzie signed your destiny in La Trinity. The race done start so you can't turn back She had your corner just like a cat Joe my boy you have lost your head You should know that Lizzie is a thoroughbred on the pitch pine floor Well Lizzie signed his destiny in La Trinity Joe find that Lizzie's heart was so hard, but Lizzie knew how he used to brag. And it is nothing that he can doubt, he told Lizzie he can wear her out. But when the day for the fight did come, Joe had to leave Miss Lizzie and run on the pitch pine floor. Well, Lizzie signed your destiny in La Trinity.
Wilmoth Houdini and his Calypso Band in 1931, Lizzie and Joe. Sounds like a New Orleans jazz record with that clarinet and that slap bass, even a solo. Remarkable. Music from the Caribbean recorded in New York, some of it actually recorded in Trinidad and other places like that, and imported and sold to immigrants from the islands, many, many of whom lived in neighborhoods like Harlem and other parts of New York. Wilma Houdini was one of the great, great, well-known, long-lived Calypso performers. Now, here is one other. It's, it's This one is really cool because it combines American pop culture with a calypso feel rhythm. It's almost like a rap song. And they took a lot of topical, um, newsworthy events or people and made songs about them with rhymes. This one is called Bing Crosby, <laughs> one of the top performers, of course, and it's sung by The Lion. <laughs> Of all the world's famous singers that I have ever seen on the movie screen. Of all the world's famous singers that I have ever seen on the movie screen. Lawrence Tibet and Nelson Eddy, Donald Norris and Morton Downey, Kenny Baker and Rudy Valley. But the crooning prodigy is Bing Crosby. has a way of singing with his very heart and soul which captivates the world his millions of listeners never fail to rejoice at his golden voice they love to hear his blood a dealer so sweetly and with such harmony thrilling the world with his melody Mention must be made of Bing's romantic life centered on his wife. As lovely as the soft selves of poetic dreams, her smile is like the moonbeam. A former star, we know she can sing, but now her voice she has reserved for her sons and Bing. So, so happy must be Bing Crosby, but he has married a beauty like Dixie Lee. I wonder if you heard him singing the song, may I be the only one to say I. And yet I wonder if you heard again, every time it rains, it rains, pennies from heaven. But love thy neighbor was the most thrilling song, and get along, little doggy, get along so sweetly, and with such harmony, thrilling the world with his melody. Bing has a most interesting personality beloved universally. He has two pet race horses, double trouble, and ligarotti pipe smoking is his hobby. He has a queer eccentricity. He takes off his hat very infrequently. So one and all, less unanimously, show three chairs for his golden voice prodigy. 
When the recording industry expanded to the West Coast, pretty much in the mid to late 20s, they began recording Mexican music, Hispanic music, largely in the early 30s and beyond. Lydia Mendoza, one of the great Mexican performers on the 12-string guitar, a tune she calls Lejos. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it is beautiful. Mendoza was part of a family band that recorded, I think, starting around 1934. But by 1936, she was a solo artist and a beloved performer that went on into the 1980s. Her initial recordings uh, on the Bluebird label, which was a offshoot of Victor Records. It was kind of a cheapo version of Victor. The Victor record was 75 cents. The Bluebird was 35 cents. So it was a bargain. 
I think these recordings were made in San Antonio, Texas, close to the Mexican border in the mid-1930s. Well, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this slightly unusual episode of the American Grooves Radio Hour. We are here every Sunday night at 10 and beginning March 27th. We're actually going to be broadcasting Sundays at 4 p.m. and repeating the show at 10. And of course, you're listening to WLIW-FM Southampton over the air at 88.3 and serving Eastern Long Island and Southern Connecticut and brand new 96.9 on the FM dial in Western Suffolk. So you could hear me in my old hometown of Massapequa Park. Tune in. And we're streaming at WLIW.org backslash radio and on all of your favorite streaming platforms. So until next week and I come up with some other crazy topic, have a great week and keep on listening. Okay! America! The American Grooves Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. <laughs>